going on everybody how is it going my friends welcome to another episode of the beyond the junkyard podcast i am your host jyj and with me i got the man the myth the legend the dan quinn loving commander's fan mr k dog how's it going my friend I don't know about Dan Quinn lover, but I will say that I'm taking the news a lot better than what most fans are. I don't hate the pick. I, I think we waited a little too long to announce it. Like we probably could have had Dan Quinn maybe a week ago, but hey, you know, just like Washington, sometimes you you uh we like to be behind behind the car, behind the horse with when it comes to things. But, but we're here, we're in live and living color. I hope. Everybody else is doing well out there in the world. Points north, south, east, and west. I hope um, uh, if you're a Chiefs and 49ers fan, um, whatever. Go to hell. Tired, tired of y'all. I'm tired, tired of y'all, of y'all being winning. in the front. I want to win. Can, can, can we get some I more win now. Can we get some more I damn win. teams? I want to win. <clears throat> um, Washington, Buffalo next year, Super Bowl. I mean, I might be <laughs> I did a little stretch. <laughs> will, the, will, the, will it be a result from Super Bowl 26? No. Yes. Anyways. Um, <laughs> it is how a, in the hell are you doing, though, Jamie, Junkyard Jim? It's been a, been a bit of a hectic week, and it's only Thursday. So <laughs> going all over the place, getting things done. Busy, busy, busy time. I guess we can uh, jump right into some housekeeping things. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's let's get going in here. As always, make sure you guys tune in to the junkyardmediagroup.com website. Go there. Find all four of our podcasts every single week. We One of those shows updates i know this one does every week and then slapping slapping meat wrestling podcast as well the we too deep podcast and then if you're into politics if that's your thing I, I, there's a show on there for you uh i won't promote that one very hard on, on this show here uh, <laughs> um other than that uh there are links to our social media pages um there on the, the at the website as well as the discord group Join our Discord group. It's it's a it's a fun experience to go in there and and uh, yeah. Um, we literally got everything you want in a group. We've got memes. We've got talk about anything, sports, wrestling. I mean, anything that you guys want to talk. It's in there. It's a fun place for everybody to come together and just shoot the breeze, but also uh, get into some some debates and, and just conversations and. It's just a good old time, so uh, we join Boynton, join Boynton, join Button. Come on in, we're friendly Absolutely. folk, and uh, yeah, it's fun. And as well as that website goes, we're we're going to start to add some new content, hopefully to the the blog section of the the Junkyard Media Group. Concerning the new and improved AEW rankings that get released now, um, we plan on maybe discussing our thoughts and opinions on those rankings, maybe re-ranking them. There are some things that were kind of like, what the fuck are you thinking, Tony Khan? Where is this going? Kind of thing. Um, and maybe like we'll what, do... What happened this past, uh, last night? What's that? Just like what happened last night? Yeah. What happened last night? Oh, with the... Oh, with the rankings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Tony Khan, why the fuck is uh, the Briscoe guy and the Hardy's number two on the trios list? That don't make no damn sense. Where's Anna Jay in the top five? Where's Willow Nightingale in the top five? But, oh, my goodness. Hikaru Shida's in the top five again. We haven't seen her in four months. But anyways... We'll get into the the meat of that on the on the website there here shortly, um, and then there's a big announcement. If you took a look at social media 
pages. Um, the the X feed at Junkyard MG. I, I teased an announcement, and we're gonna we're gonna make it official right now. Last year, I think you had the greatest reaction to the Washington Commanders draft pick. I think I've ever seen. Um, and so we're going to run it back here on the Junkyard Media Group. I think our greatest episode we ever had of the Calling Audibles podcast. <laughs> the greatest episode we ever had was the uh, the live stream of the, the NFL draft. And let me get the graphic up here real quick. So we're going to run it back again this year. We're doing an NFL draft live stream. The Colin Audible boys are back again this April. Looks, looks like we have the Wolfpack callers going on here now. Yes, sir. Wolfpack is back. <laughs> the Wolfpack is back. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We don't have to wait till the middle of the draft for your reaction, though. You're going to have the first overall pick. No, no, we're going to have the second overall pick. <laughs> and it may be only a 15-minute uh, showcase for yours truly because uh, depending on how well that draft pick goes, I may uh, um, rip my headphones out of my ears again and, and walk out and throw everything. Or uh, or I'll be jubilation and joyous excitement. <laughs> and, and, uh, and for the first time. Over, uh, yeah. right. For the first time in <clears throat> God knows how long. The the New England Patriots have a top five pick. So we'll get to see that reaction of, of the man we too deep early on in the, or in the draft. In typical Patriots fashion, they trade back the pick and he they, gets really pissed off. Yeah, they'll, they'll go back to like pick 32 or something like that. That'll be totally <laughs> New England New England-esque right there. And then in yes. typical Buffalo style, I'll have to wait till the butt crack of dawn to see us decide to make our pick and be half asleep when it does. But yes, we're gonna we're make gonna sure make it to, official. Uh, request the twenty sixth off, so we can sleep in afterwards. Yeah, I might have to use the PTO day for that. Um, yeah, we'll make it official this year, April twenty fifth, eight p.m. Eastern. Just because that's kind of when the draft typically begins, we might be a little bit late, later than eight o'clock. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's 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 official. The Colin Audible boys are back, at least for this one time only. Maybe we maybe we'll have something further down the line in regards to that. But this is a wrestling show, so let's talk some wrestling. This past Saturday, I told everybody Cody Rhodes was going to win the Royal Rumble. And what the hell? I was right. I mean, I'm not right all a lot, uh, especially with wrestling. But I was right. I like Dave Meltzer when it comes to being right in predictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I was right, and and let me tell you why. Hmm. I bet WWE glad uh, WWE is glad they're right and not picking Punk over Cody right now. Absolutely. I, everybody seemed to think that Punk was scheduled to win and until his injury. I, I don't think so. I think Cody was scheduled to win. This is my exact reason, uh, p- belief on why. The story, before CM Punk ever was mentioned of coming back to WWE, the story had been the whole year after WrestleMania was Cody Rhodes' redemption story. Just because CM Punk makes his return in November, they're not just going to... Th- this isn't Vince Russo. Who we're not just going to throw new new stories at the wall. Um, and so, the story stays the same. It, it makes perfect sense in the in the long term game of WWE has been pushing Cody Rhodes' redemption story all the way since he got his ass beat by Brock Lesnar. I think the Monday after Mania, maybe or sometime around there. Um, and like I said on the podcast last week, what's going to happen at WrestleMania? Is what should have happened at WrestleMania last year. Cody Rhodes is finally going to win that championship that has eluded his family, which we'll talk about a little bit later tonight, for their entire career. And that's that WWE championship that Roman Reigns currently holds. 
What say you, my friend? What are your initial thoughts of Cody Rhodes winning the uh, Royal Rumble? Didn't love it. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, having a guy win it back-to-back years, in my opinion, it's to write, it, it's to rewrite the main event of last year, except Cody wins it. Like, I agree that the title change has got to happen at a WrestleMania, but um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't love it. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm sure WWE is glad that they got Cody to win it versus Punk. Um, considering now Punk's going to be out on the shelf for a few months. Um, Fragile Phil is back again and uh, in living color. No pun intended, but uh, hope to, uh, hope for the best for Phil and and he uh, recuperates rather quickly. No, no, no. no it couldn't, no, have, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. It couldn't have happened to a better guy. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, I, yes. I lost. I lost all respect for Pepsi Phil when he decided to come back on onto Monday Night Raw and act like he didn't want to leave that fucking company, as if he didn't talk shit about him the last ten years before they decided to give him a big contract. Um, totally could happen to a better guy. I agree. No, I agree. Um, but but yeah, um, the the one title that has eluded the Rhodes family is the WWE Championship. They now have the opportunity to to uh, finally fulfill that destiny and finish the story, brother. Uh, in a couple months at WrestleMania, so. Tiny times for the Rhodes family. Yeah, my, my initial reaction was I wasn't shocked necessarily that that Cody won. Again, I made that prediction that he would win. Was there somebody else that could have maybe been built a little bit better to um, pushed a little bit further with the with the win? Yes, I think there were a couple guys that could have probably you know work their way to the top of the mountain. One that win the Royal Rumble main event WrestleMania and it would have suited them a lot better. Someone like like Sami Zayn coming out at thirty, he would have been a shocker to win it. Um that would it would have been kind of a surprise there. I think um if WWE really wanted to kind of <laughs> piss some some fans off, they could have had like Damian Priest win it, have his main event match lose the main event of WrestleMania to someone and then have the judgment day attack him. And then he uses his uh, money in the bank briefcase at that point to cash in. I think that would have been a cool storyline to win the belt from say Seth Rollins or whatnot. Um, But just from the overall storytelling of the last year with Cody Rhodes, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was his year. He he's on the game the cover of the game, it just makes a lot of sense to have him as your your guy um, to go to go to WrestleMania. And I swear to the Lord, if he does not win the 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 main event of WrestleMania, my ni- uh, nice, beautiful 2019 Volkswagen Tiguan will be in the middle of Rocky River uh, Creek somewhere because. I just can't have Roman Reigns continue another year going as champion and this long-ass story that's long past overdue. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, outside of the, the men's rumble, the women's rumble was interesting. Um, Bailey gets the win there from number three. The crowd seemed a little dead at some of this women's rumble and again somebody said it was not necessarily because of the women themselves but because of how generic the theme songs that wwe use are there were several times when you the, the people even in this crowd didn't know who was coming out until the name popped up on the titantron um just because of how generic some of these theme songs are i think that's an issue wwe has 
where I mean, even like Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan's theme, theme songs are essentially identical at the beginning. Um, I know I, for the longest of time, I was always confused at who was who when their theme songs were played. Do you agree with Bailey winning the Women's Rumble? I don't, but I'll get into my opinion after after you go. Yeah, um, I was I was totally fine with her winning. I think I predicted her to win, um, as I'm sure a lot of people. So it's not like a shock, but I just felt like it was it was the right time for her. Um, <clears throat> you probably could have had Becky win it, but I just think that the story is going to go obviously with her and, and EO and Damage Control kind of turning um, either on each other or them turning on Bailey. Something is going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I I'm all for it, Bailey. In my opinion, hasn't shined as much as the other four horsewomen, but I think over the last couple of years, her run has been very, very strong, and she's always been a very um, consistent professional, <clears throat> and she's always done well. So um, I'm glad that she kind of gets her flowers here a little bit, gets the uh, gets one of the rumble, and with the injury to Punk, with the injury to Charlotte, um, <clears throat> maybe the injury to Seth. I mean. This roster is starting to get a little depleted a little bit. Um, it's kind of rem- reminiscent of WrestleMania in 2016 in Dallas where there's a lot of injuries and, and WrestleMania kind of had to get rewritten in a bunch of different ways. So um, I would love it if, if, if Bailey got the main event for night one. Um, I think that'd be a really cool way to, to again, extend that, that giving her flower type of thing. And, and uh, again, kind of uh, immortalizing the four horsewomen. And and uh, spending her her spot as one of the all time greats. Yeah, I uh, th- with that women's the finish of the women's rumble. I was not a big fan of necessarily the finish. I think you could have shot someone to the moon that that maybe needed a little bit of help. I think you, you could have used the elimination chamber to really push. And I know maybe they're using the Elimination Chamber to help set up Rhea Ripley's WrestleMania match, being that the chamber is in Australia, Rhea Ripley's home area. Um, And so that makes a lot of sense there. But someone like like a Roxanne Perez or someone that – I just – there's so many times where matches like the the Royal Rumble, the Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank – they're so predictable as to who's the favorite to win, and they're always going to be the one to win. And we got two really predictable winners this year. I would have loved a shocker, like someone like Roxanne Perez, who has just been dominating NXT. She has a chance to win the NXT championship this Saturday at Vengeance Day from Lyra Valkyra. Um, I don't know. I just If she would have won it, like it would have been a true shock. And... I don't know. It would have been, it would have been fun. Um, but I don't know. It was just every match was really predictable. There wasn't any su- surprises. There wasn't any legends that came out. I was actually kind of highly disappointed at the entire pay per view, to be honest. And I try to look at it as a non biased way as possible. I don't really watch a whole lot of WWE programming. But this is like your biggest pay-per-view. You're always expecting like something big to happen at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble to lead you into WrestleMania. And we really didn't get anything. And then, you know, everyone was like, well, what about that, that um, shot at the end there where all like five women were stand, sitting in the corner together? Well, that's obviously going to be your Elimination Chamber match. It's nothing like that's pretty predictable there as well. And what's it going to do maybe lead to somebody winning the number one contenders for Rhea Ripley's title, which means it's going to be um, a baby face because Rhea Ripley's a heel. So, I mean, Becky was like the number one girl that you would think would go there and we'd have Becky versus Rhea again. Again, I would just have loved to have someone like Roxanne or even Tiffany Stratton or someone that, has kind of done all they can do in NXT and they get their big push and their big call in and then they, and they get that main event push early on because I think Roxanne or Tiffany can handle that. Um, Yeah. Um, Any last words on Royal Rumble from this past week? 
Yeah, really no um, surprise. Uh, from the men's perspective, no real surprise entrances. Um, kind of interesting by that. The R-Truth spot in the women's rumble and the men's rumble was pretty good. Um, I, I, I thought it was very entertaining. Um, <clears throat> Jordan Grace coming out. Um, very interesting. That's kind of on the same token whenever uh, WWE brought in Mickey James when she was the Impact uh, Women's Champion. Um, I Jade, thought Jordan I thought Grace. Was, I thought yeah. Jordan Grace held her own. Really made yeah I thought, a, a statement I thought really for good. how good that Impact Women's Division is. She held her own. Really yeah, well. it, it's it, it had been to my and my. I mean, WWE's roster was just very stacked, but TNA had a very good women's division that consistently put on great match after great match. Um, so it was cool. It was cool to see her get get a get a big spot in the Rumble like that. Um, Jade Jade Cargill made her her long-awaited in-ring debut, and um, unlike Pepsi Phil making his uh, broadcast, didn't tear anything. Um, but I thought she looked strong. She looked good. Um, she looked like she she do what she was doing. She looked comfortable, in my opinion, uh, for the most part. Um, so it seems but, like it seems like her first feud now is going to be with either Bianca. We got a glimpse of Bianca. But I think it's Nia Jax because she single-handedly eliminated Nia Jax. Um, and they made a point to make it known that Nia was eliminated the year prior by six women. Um, and then Jade goes out there, immediately eliminates her by herself. So I think that might be the direction they're going is to have them feud um, for maybe up yeah. into the elimination chamber. And I want to see Bianca versus Jade at WrestleMania, but... Um, I do too, but I, I if I'm WWE, I'm holding that. That is a money match you have in your back pocket. I would hold off on that as long as you can. And and mm-hmm. in a way, this would still be the perfect time to do it because of all the injuries on the roster. Having that big money match would be great. Um, I'm I'm for whatever reason I'm a stakes person, and not every match needs a stake. Not every match right. needs a title, but I think that. Um, if you have just Bianca and Jade, it's one of those conundrums. Right. Charlotte's out. That's one of your biggest draws. You know, if you get Becky versus Rhea, if you get um, Bailey versus Io, you would, I, to my opinion, think you're going to have at least another women's match, maybe two. I doubt it, but but at least one, maybe two. One on both, two on both cards. Right. Um, do you maybe do a tag match on one night? And then do Be- uh, Bianca versus Jade on another night. But I feel like that's such a strong match that right. that's a main you know, event worthy match that yeah you could honestly key. hold. Uh, you could hold it to SummerSlam, but even Mania next year, if one of them have the belt at that time, like that would be, I think, enough time for J- uh, Jade to kind of establish herself in the WWE build a reputation of like I can be a main event star and um and and maybe maybe just hold off a year. Um sometimes like you said you don't necessarily need a title for it, but with the the star power of of Jade and the star power of Bianca, it might be best for them to hold off for for at least till SummerSlam but maybe till Mania next year. Um that was going to be my thing is do you do you do a 3 a tree, a trilogy with them. Do maybe SummerSlam, Survivor Series, or you know, uh, SummerSlam, Rumble, Mania, and then the third match is for the title. Um, so I want. I mean, I, they could have. They could have a trilogy. You could do. You could do a SummerSlam, maybe like a Saudi show. They'll be the woman match at the Saudi show. Um, because they always want to make those Saudi shows seem to be like. Big big name superstars, but usually the Natalia gets that Saudi show <laughs> match. Um, yeah, but um, I don't know. Um, it'll be fun to see what they do with that. Uh, but that we got a glimpse of it early um, in the in Jade's debut at the Rumble. She didn't spend a whole lot of time out there because she debuted so late, um, which I'm not necessarily upset with. Um, it's good to have her kind of wait till the end. She doesn't have to do a whole lot to make, make her net self um, well-known the time away in the PC. She still, she looked a lot better in the ring 
than than she did when she fought Taya Valkyrie um, in AEW. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I think for sure that um, even though there's some injuries on the roster, and you could get and you could do that match and do really good business with it. I don't think Jade is yet ready for that kind of a big yeah. match on that big of a stage. I think that they need to do maybe an Nia Jax match. Something that's, I don't want to say easy, but something that gets her out onto the big crowd, gets right. her first mania under her belt, and then let's build her up for a year, and then let's let's give them the Bianca-Jade match for, for a title or not for a title. But either way, I think it's going to be, a, I mean, the crowd reacted so great to that spot. So, um that's definitely going to be a money match when it happens. And I think if, if you give Jade a year to, to uh, hone her craft, get more comfortable in the ring, get more comfortable around the bigger crowds and the bigger audiences and things like that. And, and um, just get overall better in the ring that this time next year, if they're going to do a match at mania, it'll be, it'll be the right time. Absolutely. Um, moving on from WrestleMania, AEW collision. Like you said, they introduced the rankings. We'll we'll kind of briefly go over some of our thoughts here with the rankings. Like I said, we I want to say about a lot of our major thoughts for for the uh, website blog post that one of us will post. We maybe will switch back and forth every now and again on who gets to write those. Um, obviously for the men, we got Hangman and Swerve, basically one A, one B. They have a, t- a match next week in phoenix to determine the number one contender for samoa joe's title at revolution um next week's collision is just so stacked we got darby and stay um not not collision dynamite sorry um so sad it happens sting and darby fight for the uh tag belts against ricky starks and big bill um bring that gold home stinger yes I think Sting and Darby get it there. The biggest thing is the Young Bucks, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, are not on the top five list. But John Silver and Alex Reynolds are. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Some of these these rankings just don't don't make a lot of sense. Someone said it um, on X. I read it, I think either last night when they originally dropped or first thing this morning, that maybe the best thing to do would be to leave the trios division in ROH, kind of get rid of the trios division in AEW, and then actually push your your tag teams to do tag team stuff because, like, Orange Cassidy's number five with Trent Beretta, but, like, the actual tag team is Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, so it makes no sense why Cassidy and Beretta are there. Um Claudio and Brian Danielson, I guess they tagged. Uh, I don't really know if they, uh, the men's, the, the men's rankings are the only rankings that I don't have a problem with, at least this week. Um, the women's rankings are all over the place. Um, Sky Blue has wrestled like seven matches already in two, 2024, and she's behind Hikaru Shida, which I don't think we've seen in 2024 yet. If we have, it was like one match. Um, and then Mariah May has wrestled like once and she's on here, but like people like Anna Jay who wrestle almost every week are left off the list. So I got some questions, Tony, Tony Khan. Um, what's going on with yes. these rankings? <laughs> what's going on with these rankings? But next week's Dynamite and Phoenix. I think it's a big show. Well, I, think it's a, we... I think it's a very big show. I think it's. Very important for the building of Revolution. Um, Tony Khan ST is a big announcement. We're back with the big announcements. Prime AEW right there. Um, I have a thought of what that could be. Um, I'm almost certain but what it could be. I think we're on the same wavelength. Um, I think they just delayed the announcement for, well, what has been happening over the last week. Um, that really wasn't a good time to possibly do that. And then I think that mixed with the uh, just a crazy one of the craziest weeks of of newsworthy stuff in the wrestling industry, which is uh, just in general. Um, so I think that it was it was if it's what we think it is that it was a good thing to pause that wait till right. about another week and then announce that. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be a loaded show next week in Dynamite. Looks like they're going to be pushing about 5,600 fans. It'd be great if they can push over 6,000, um, even though it's in, you know, 12,000, 13,000-seat arena and they're still not, you know, selling out the place. Past few Dynamite crowds have just been bad between uh, last night and in Charleston, Savannah. There's just not very good crowds. Um, so it would be nice to see a, a much bigger crowd, and, and I'm sure a very lively crowd at that too. Absolutely. I know a lot of AEW fans weren't really supportive of the direction that AEW's new marketing guy is going, where he basically said the small small market areas probably won't get as many shows as they've been the past couple of years. But I think that's the right direction. The, the Savannahs, the North Charlestons, uh, last night in – were they in New Orleans or were they in Bossier City? I can't remember. I think they were in I New Orleans. I believe they were in New Orleans. Um, but they just – they're not drawing for whatever reason. Uh, um, they're just not the, – but the bigger cities, the Chicago's, the L.A.'s, the Phoenix's, Vegas, uh, New York City, they're, they're drawing really well, I think. You can maybe Let's put... pause on the Vegas one because they have a show in Henderson, Nevada, the same weekend as Super Bowl weekend. It's a damn collision. It's not a dynamite, oh. and they are drawing dick there. I, I don't understand. Why would you book it the I, same I get week it. of the Super Bowl? I, I get it. Why? Because you have a lot of people there, and you figure that, hey, let's just put our event right there. Right. Maybe we'll draw – You know. You would hope that with a, with a con football background that that would translate over AEW side of things, and, and it doesn't. It's football. Right. Football fans are not there to watch wrestling. If that was yeah. piggybacking off of WrestleMania, totally different right. story. You would get a crowd. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't fault Tony for trying that coming from the football right. background that he does, but a bad decision to do it, uh, or, or not a bad decision, a bad outcome for, right. for what for what the attendance is going to be for that show. Um, but yes, no, and most of the other markets that are big have better you, crowds for sure. Yeah, you're going to get the bigger crowd, and I, I, I think you don't have to necessarily get the twelve, thirteen thousand fan crowds like you're going to for Greensboro first things final match and pay per view there. But if we can start to get five, six, seven thousand consistently at the TV shows and and get that, maybe we can get the appearance that AEW is is growing and. Um, maybe that'll help the TV number. I did not get to see, I did not see Alvar, what Al, Brian Alvarez tweeted the um, TV number was um, today. I don't know, but I will say that, I mean, before these these smaller markets that they did over the last few weeks, the few weeks leading into World End, World End, and I think the first Dynamite out of World End, which was a Newark show that Deanna Perrazzo debuted in, there were consistently over 4,000 people a show, and that's, that was great. And then these shows happen, and yeah, um, kind of <laughs> definitely, definitely drew that down. So, um, right. But I will say that um, uh, I'm looking up Alvarez's Twitter to see what the rating was for that. I don't even, I don't even think we have it, it in yet. Yeah, um, I will say that I think that Next week, between Hangman and Swerve, I have a prediction for that. I do too. I don't know if we're on the same wavelength with that. I was actually going to ask you that. My my initial reaction is we're going to get a time limit draw. Yep. And and yep. um, we'll get the triple threat at Revolution. I I'll tell you this much: we better get the triple threat at Revolution. I love Swerve. Love his mm-hmm. character development. Love where he's going. I appreciate Hangman, and I like what's going on with him. But I feel that triple th- we need that triple threat at, at right. Revolution. I just think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it would match between Joe and Hangman or Swerve and Joe. All three together in the ring. Let me see it. Absolutely. I think all three of them are They're going to put on a really good really good show. I, I What I really hope is, I know we're leading up to Deanna and Tony Storm probably at Revolution for the women's belt, but we need to make it like more official than we are. They're kind of skirting around the lines on where it's going. I'd like to clean that up a little bit on is it Deanna going to get the, the title match or 
maybe Mariah May or, or where that leads. Um, I'd like to see that a little bit going for further there. Um, I did I'm, see the rating in for Dynamite last night. Uh, we got 818,000, which is down from 87 the prior week. Um, the demo was 0.26 rating, which was in line with last week, 0.7, so virtually even, just uh, off by a tenth, uh, off by a hundredth. Um, so, yeah, 818 last week. <laughs> I wonder what that is because they were there were weeks, a couple weeks ago, where they were up in the what nine hundreds, mid nine hundreds. Right about I was, or a low, yeah, a low nine hundreds. I think. I was I was hoping that maybe with that progression that they were making that maybe at one point they'd hit a million, but I, I think it's just these small markets and the fact that there's not there. Tony Khan does a significantly terrible job at marketing these shows for people to actually make, get people to give a shit to turn them on. Um, I'll tell you what, think, if they don't, if, if they definitely do better than this week and right. if they don't get to a close to 900 or over 900,000 next week, what has great and stacked of a card as they have, I think it's going to be a really big disappointment for AEW to to not get that kind of number with that kind of card next week. So next week's a really important show, I feel, for, for more than just It is. It's important for not only storytelling and getting us to revolution, but but I think for the, the company, for them to put the matches that they're putting on the card on free television and then this big announcement, you know, everybody makes the running joke that Tony Khan's announcements kind of – fail when he when he, he says something's a big announcement it's probably not that big of an announcement if the if the number doesn't hit and the announcement isn't something that is really worth it i i, I think i think that's going to be bad like a, news. like the dixie carter tna announcement deal where right. dixie did that so much and it was never really right. nothing right um but let's Push on here to the last 20 minutes or so of this show. We're going to reiterate the series that wrestling is in our blood, memorizing some of the biggest families in pro wrestling this week. In memory of Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble, we're going to talk about the Rhodes family. Just as a quick aside, I'm I'm terrified to do the McMahon family. So <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, say that if if and when we do that show, we're, we're gonna have to do a maybe an hour and a half on that. Uh, it's it. There's no way we're gonna do 30 minutes, maybe not even an hour, on the McMahon family. That is going to be a uh, that's going to be a show. Yes, sir. But uh, the Rhodes family, out of all of the families that we'll probably talk about in this series, they're probably the simplest to talk about because there's not a whole lot of convolution of like 700 different people um, that we got to kind of break down. There's about three main ones. Um, That's Dusty, Dustin, and Cody. Um, I guess we could add Terry Runnels if we really wanted to. She married Goldust. Um, But uh, she's not really like immediate family and and the same like we can talk about brandy roads if we really want to but maybe not um <laughs> um dusty the patriarch of the family i think he was just the all-american american everybody in the south loved him um i know more of cody and dustin from for their work because i kind of grew up in that era but I just imagine everybody in the eighties and nineties, just loving the, the, the dusty roads, those, those um, commercials or whatnot that he used to always do. Um, he was just the American, like the all American baby face. He just, when you thought baby face in that era, it was dusty roads. Um, he had a big play in um, 
getting WCW kind of started um, when when uh, Turner and all of them and Crockett decided to partner up and everything. You probably, as the historian of the group, know a lot more about Dusty than I do. What What are your initial thoughts about Dusty and his his legacy and, and pro wrestling? Yeah, it's interesting that, um, I mean, you think of Dusty Rhodes, he was pretty much a, a top star no matter where he went to. Um, started out in the AWA in Minnesota, uh, turned teamed up with Dick Murdoch, um, and they just really pretty much ran a rough shot over the whole tag division there and threw everybody in the AWA. Um, went down to Florida, Eddie Graham territory, around Tampa, uh, Miami, all that good stuff. Um, and that's where his baby face charismatic, the American dream, Dusty Rose, that, that whole gimmick, the son of a plumber, that whole thing kind of really became a, 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 it really took America by storm, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he, his rivalries with, with uh, Terry Funk and Harley Race and Blackjack Mulligan, um, Taskmaster's Kevin Sullivan, um, that that really thrusted him into the mainstream of of, of wrestling, but but in, in mainstream Americana at that point. Uh, and then obviously his feud with Flair for the NWA title, uh, just legendary. Uh, go back and watch any any one of his and Flair's matches. Um, it, it was the best pure wrestling storylines and, and the best pure wrestling you were going to get uh, in that time frame. Um, it's actually the one of the most famous um, uh, storylines is, is, is Dusty feuding with the Four Horsemen, and there was a, a uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An angle that they shot where the Four Horsemen ran Dusty off the road, and it like the car flipped, and it was just like one of the most realistic things that has ever been shown on wrestling television, and it got so much bad, good and bad attention from TBS and from the folks at, at Turner and, and things like that that they couldn't show the footage, I believe. Um, but it's funny how, like, almost 10 years later, the NWO did a storyline very, very similar where uh, it's Hall and Nash were chasing the Steiner brothers and they ran the Steiner brothers off the road and they flipped over and did all that stuff and they actually showed that on TV. So funny how that happens. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it was just a cultural icon, I think, Dusty is. And obviously he goes on to the WWF, um, had the polka dots going there, um, teamed up with Sapphire and faced against Macho Man Reed Savage and Queen Cherry. Um but yeah, just an overall massive baby face that truly epitomized what a baby face was and, and one of those that you just you pull for him. It, it, if you didn't pull for Dusty Rhodes, it was almost like who the hell, what's wrong with you? Why why are you not cheering for Dusty Rhodes? That's our guy. Um his promo work was just so phenomenal. Just so great. I mean, um it was almost like listening to Billy Graham on TV in a in a in a in a, in a roundabout <laughs> way. When you when you watch Billy Graham on TV, you believe what he was telling you. You know, he, you really felt what he was telling you. Martin Luther King Jr. is another good example. Just the way that they have passion in their speeches. And I know it's weird to compare Billy Graham, Martin Luther King Jr. with Dusty Rhodes, but it bears mm-hmm. the fact that when those people spoke, they spoke with such eloquence with such uh, conviction and passion that you just truly believed what they were saying. Um, one of the more famous ones, I mean, obviously, gosh, you could probably spend the whole hour of the Dusty promos with the Hard Times promo and, and all that stuff. Ones is, and, um, I believe he was talking about the player. And, and before, yeah, I'm, they get back up. You just got to believe if you my hand out, you, my hand touches your hand and that kind of thing. And, um, that just, just absolutely made such monster money in, in the NWA and in the territories, flare and dust. Um, hard to follow in the footsteps did the sons, but, uh, in their own ways, they, they, uh, they, they filled their dad's shoes. They definitely made their mark in great ways, um, in the wrestling industry. 
Absolutely. We'll talk about Dustin first. Um, I think we all know Dustin more so. He's probably his biggest character um, was Seven. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> was uh, du- Gold Dust. Um, let me let me tell you. Um, when I was growing up, I could do Kane. I could do Doink the Clown. Gold Dust absolutely terrified the living shit out of me. And uh, I don't. Oh know why. man, that's crazy. I don't know why. It was a gold face paint. Yeah. I, I don't. It was the the um, the entrance theme. The way that he like hissed at the camera. I, it would just. It absolutely terrified me growing up as a kid. Like like I I, I could do Doink the Clown. I'm not a big fan of clowns, but like Doink the Doink the Clown was fine. Uh, Kane was fine. You could have Kane electrocute Jim Ross um, and Shane McMahon, and I was that was totally cool with that. But Gold Dust shows up, and I'm like hiding under the blanket. Um, it was just um, he was just so good with his character, um, and it was so I, I don't know the right term. It was just so um, uh, man. It, it was a bold move to allow someone to play like an androgynous character, a gender fluid like character. Um, on on wrestling on on TV in general at that period in time, um, it was such a risk that they they a bold risk and I think it paid off for both the WWF and uh, now the WWE and for uh, Dustin himself. He now wrestles in AEW. I thought he was supposed to retire after last year, but he he's still kicking. Um, and uh, well, they call him the natural. <laughs> um, I, 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 I really hope that before he, he hangs up the boots for good, that he can go he back to WWE. Time. I totally agree. He can go back <laughs> <laughs> before he can, before he hangs up the boots one more time that he can get one last like run as gold dust in WWE. I think he deserves to kind of retire using his biggest gift um, or Tony Khan can reignite the seven gimmick again and see if he'll actually do it this time. <laughs> let, let that stay in a box of bad gimmicks and stay there. Let, let, let's just stay there. I just think um, that that shoot promo he did at seven probably might be one of the greatest promos I've ever heard in my life. They want me to play dress up and play as uncle Fester all year long. <laughs> Oh, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> uh, the legacy of of Dustin, though, wh- what would you say? Like, obviously, he he has to step in the footsteps of his father, who was, like you said, like an American icon. Everyone flocked to to Dusty, and now you have to maybe not maybe not step in the shoes exactly. Um, not maybe fill in fill the boots, but. Everybody knows your Dusty's son. And kind of in the way now that like Pillman's son is kind of distancing himself away from Brian Pillman's lineage. I think Dustin and Cody, they weren't afraid to step in their dad's footsteps and kind of use that, but also kind of create their own legacy. What what would you say uh, Dustin's legacy is in pro wrestling? Yeah, I think it's a guy that wasn't afraid to um, just try try different things to to see what works, what what can get over, what can't. And um, you know, obviously, Dustin got his his big start in in the NWA, WCW. Um, he even teamed with Dusty and and kind of got the the father rub for for a little there. And you know. He was as 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 cliche as it is. He is a natural. He's very good in the ring, very very polished, very very smooth, um, but just had no no character, no no charisma for people. He wasn't going to be Dusty. Dusty was as much of his own person as possible. There's really no way you could duplicate something like that. Um, so you know you got to do something different. And then when he made this, the move over to the, to the WWF and, you know, acknowledge this uh, cross-dressing type gimmick with gold dust and 
just became a life of its own. And um, I thought he did such a phenomenal job with just taking off of that character and, and, and trying to reinvent it as much as you could, you know, um, I love the Goldust character. Um, I was not afraid of that. My favorite wrestler is Sting. Growing up in the in the Monday Night Wars with him turning into the crow Sting and that dark, scary figure. But yet I was afraid of the Undertaker. I, I don't get it either. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, <clears throat> you know, him doing that and then the whole st- stuff with the Blue Meanie and he came like Blue Dust and the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, a play on Prince. Um, and then... He, one of my favorite things, one of my tie for my favorite things about the Goldust character was his run with Booker T in 2002 and three was just awesome television. It, it truly was some of the entertaining stuff I, I've ever watched. And then his uh, um, Tourette's gimmick. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. You know, and Triple H did a promo battle, and um, he looked Triple H and said, "I know that deep down in the cock, cock, cockles of, of your heart." <laughs> um, just the shit that he did was just great, just great. And then he did a he did an interview with Howard Stern in that character, the Tourette's character, and stayed in character the entire time did the whole Tourette's thing, and while they're sitting there making fun, kind of and poking and laughing at him, he's still in character going at it. If you haven't listened to that interview, go on YouTube and find it. It is phenomenal. I'll plug that all day. Um, but yeah, Dustin's legacy is just a guy that never gave up, even if he didn't get super over and win the world title. He was, in some ways, a, a main feature on the show that provided entertainment. Um, could back it up in the ring if he needed to. Um had no problems taking chances on characters and gimmicks and and things like that. Um, I believe there's a famous story where, with the Goldust character, he was going to get breast implant and was <laughs> dead serious on getting breast implants. And Vince was like, uh, "I don't know, I don't know." Okay, and then I think at the last minute they didn't do it, but uh, that just shows the dedication that Dustin was willing to do to try to do anything and everything to get his character and gimmick over uh, just a super hard worker. All these guys in, in, in the Rhodes family are just super hard workers uh, honed on their craft. All of them are super good in the ring and uh, all deliver pretty good promo. Surprisingly wonder where they got that from. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the final member of the Rhodes trio, Cody Rhodes. And let's just My son say Cody Rhodes. He has had a sellout. That's what he is. <laughs> he, everybody can kind of maybe hate on him for how he left AEW, but let's just be honest. He he may have had the most strangest ride of all three of them in terms of his career. He gets he gets this like big push in his early uh, early twenties. To, to the WWE, he's Dusty's son. I, I, I think it's funny. I can't remember which uh, WWE video game it is, but like his his entire promo on every when you play that game was, "Hi, I'm Cody Rhodes, and Dusty's my father." And that's basically what he. I does believe that was Spider versus Raw, like 2009 or something like that, 2010. Um, and so he he too went through many characters in his first run with WWE. He had like dashing Cody Rhodes and um, some other ones. And the most infamous one was Stardust, which I think ultimately was the driving force that kicked him out of or made him leave the WWE. He then makes his indie journey. I think I think that was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to Cody was going to the independent scene and kind of just saying, you know what? I don't want to be in WWE because I'm Dusty's son. Let me make a name for myself. Um, I think he at what was it at all in the original where he won the NWA title? I think that's what it was. Um, But he went to Japan. He went to Europe. He went all around the world, just creating the American nightmare. Um, 
gimmick uh, and the dedication to the Nightmare family is shown on his neck. And um, <laughs> he's now back in the WWE. What a journey, a 360 journey to try to, as he likes to so famously say, finish the story and be the guy that finally gets the one title that has eluded the family for so long. It's it's kind of a travesty that Dusty never won the WWE title. A travesty that maybe Dustin, though he, he wasn't Dusty in any way, did never won, had any sort of luck getting that main title. Um, I think Cody and Goldust maybe had a tag team championship at one point in time, um, but they just haven't gotten the WWE title. And I guess maybe we'll see that well, happen. Both little champions as well. Um, but, well, I would say for like Dustin, he's just right now, he's at his era where he has so much knowledge and expertise that he can give some of the younger people in AEW. He's just in a perfect spot right now. For Cody, he's kind of in his prime of his career where uh, he he still has several, several years to go in wrestling. Um, but he kind of has that that ability to lead and, and train other guys. You see people like Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Ricky Starks, um, Anna Jay started training under Cody, I believe, at the Nightmare Academy in Georgia. Um, so the legacy of Cody is still being built. But when his when his time is done, you imagine he actually does finish the story at some point. And gets his WWE title. It might not be this year. It might, it might be like 12 years from now when Roman Reigns has the title for 850 million days. Um, but you'll, you'll probably see it at some point. When Cody is said and done, what would you imagine his legacy would be in wrestling? Which, Man, which, that's a good question. Uh, I'll pause you real quick. Was he not part of the stable legacy? Yes, he was. You know, okay. Him and DiBiase Jr. and and Orton. Um, <clears throat> man, <laughs> it's a tough one. A guy that a guy that bet on himself and ultimately won. I think is the best to do it, and that's something that's not easily done. And people have success stories like that. Kind of in the same way that Dustin did, where Dustin left WCW, he left you know Dusty and. And um, his safe nest to, to venture on his own, even though he didn't go to like indie promotions and do his and, and get better at his craft, he went to the WWF and and uh, you know got thrusted on with this with this character Goldust, and he made it work and you know made a name for himself. Cody went out there and said, "I don't want to be just Dusty's son. I want to actually hone my craft. I want to show that I'm I'm much more than a stardust gimmick." I'll ask this question. If Cody doesn't do that independent tour, doesn't go to ROH, doesn't go to TNA, doesn't go to Japan, do we even have an AEW right now? And do we even have the... the, What's the word I'm looking for? Revitalization? Revelate? The independent scene. Yes. Would it have not revived in the way that it did without Cody. I, that's a really good point. I don't think AEW is a thing without Cody making this this jump. Um, and, and I think it's like Cody could have played it safe, made mi- really good money just saying, you know what, I'll just suck it up and play Stardust for 12 more years. It's not going to get me really far. I might get a couple movies out of it. I, I, I could make pretty decent money and just be stardust suck it up do what i gotta do this is what they value me as but he like you said he bet on himself and i think it was a good deal um and i don't think without cody making that move because he was really the first ex wwe guy him and chris jericho i would say shared the the um share this equally they were like the first two that made the jump from wwe to some second or third tier indie promotion where they actually 
maybe got more popular because of it. Um, and maybe you could say Drew Galloway kind of had the same story where he bet on himself, went to TN, uh, Drew McIntyre. Sorry, I was using his Andy name. Um, goes to TNA, wins the TNA belt, gets built back up, um, and now he's kind of thrusted into the, the main event picture in WWE. You kind of see that with Cody, but on a, a, a grander scale, and you got to ask if had they valued Cody more initially than just Dustin's brother and uh, another Gold Dusk lookalike, and he never leaves you got to question if, if AEW does exist. And in some way, you got to say thank you that it happened because, good grief, 2017 WWE would still be in existence. And that would be <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah. But it's a, I think it's a good thing that Cody did that because I obviously we get AEW from that. We get, like I, I mentioned a couple – uh, names people like MJF and um, Ricky Starks kind of grow from Cody out um, and his his um, growth there. You see, and then you start to see people feel comfortable to bet on themselves and leave WWE. That yes, WWE is the top dog, but you can make a name for yourself outside of WWE. You see people like Cardona who are doing just fantastic without the WWE. Um, and, and there's countless others that that are doing well outside of WWE. Obviously, that's still the dream is to do a main event at WrestleMania or to have your WrestleMania moment. But sometimes you don't get there on t- uh, your first turn. And, and Cody is a good proof of like sometimes you might have to take a risk and Bet on yourself, bet that you can find a gimmick, find a character, and then maybe the second time around they'll they'll appreciate it. I mean, we can even go as far as to say like Jade Cargill. She was rejected from WWE at her first tryout in 2019. She bet on herself with AEW. While she's not the cleanest in the ring, she maybe isn't refined to perfection yet. She proved that she can do it, and now WWE literally and figuratively rolled the red carpet out for her. And I think she's going to be a pretty big star in WWE, but without people like Cody, I think that's his legacy is he's the trailblazer for, for this new generation of independent wrestlers without Cody. We don't, we probably don't get an independent scene that is as flourishing as it is. Now you see companies like GCW, um, DPW, uh, Mission Pro, who could have just been local shows in their states with not a lot of crowds. And their Cody's ability to get a big sellout of, or I don't know if they sold out, but they got 20,000 in Madison Square Garden for an indie show. Like, I think it showed some of these indie promoters, like, we can do this if we really put the investment behind it. Um, and the, the indie scene's better than ever, I think. Um, and you, you get you got indie shows like like AML in North Carolina who who bring in guys like I think next month they they have Billy Gunn as their headliner for for their show. Like that would have never happened had Cody and some of these other trailblazers in the, in the movement. Um, Made 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 a bet on themselves and and probably won the bet tenfold. Agreed for sure. Well, uh, my friend, that's about it's a, it's a pretty small family, but I think the family's legacy is secured for a pretty long time. NXT does the yearly Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic every single year. I think it's actually. I think the finals are this Saturday at uh, Vengeance Day for the Dusty Classic. Um, I didn't watch NXT this week, so I couldn't tell you who's in the finals. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is this week. Um, I don't know. I don't watch NXT. So, um, <laughs> meaning whispers in my ear that it's Sunday. So, I guess it's Sunday. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so that's the legacy there of, of Dusty. His name is forever enshrined in, in WWE lore. I think he was in he was put in the Hall of Fame in two thousand something. I can't remember how long ago it's been. Two thousand seven. Seven. Um, and uh, was it just Dusty or the whole family? I think it was just Dusty, right? Just Dusty, yes. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, just Dusty. I'm sure at some point in time down the road, maybe the whole family to get, gets put in there together. Um, I, I remember when we went to WrestleMania and Access, they had the big Dusty Rhodes bust statue there. That was pretty cool to to see. Um, like you said, he was just this icon. I think he is still a wrestling icon, one of the greatest maybe to ever do it. Um, maybe not so much. Like he was one of the first big guys to really have some form of athleticism and do kind of moves that you wouldn't expect like the bigger people to do. So um, legacy there for Dusty is the Dusty Classic. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's he's a, a legend in the game, and his sons are doing pretty pretty quite well in his in his shadow. Um, any last words before we? Get off here this week, my friend. No, I think much it. I think the Rhodes family is going to be um, one of the most influential families in the history of wrestling, and will continue to do so. All of them have done it with with you know uh, their fair share of demons for sure, but they've all um, they've overcome it, overcome overcame those demons. Um, <laughs> They have uh, done things for the most part the right way. They've done it with 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 class and integrity and respect, and um, done done things the right way. So um, I think that legacy will live on and will continue to influence many wrestlers for for many years and decades to come. Absolutely. And as we log off for this week, I want to just reiterate one more time: join the Discord, join us on social medias. Facebook, X, uh, again, the Discord there. All of those links are listed at junkyardmediagroup.com as well as the audio versions of all of our podcasts that we run. It's a pretty simple layout of the website. Go ahead and give it a give it a look out there. Um, like and share this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when we go live every Thursday at nine o'clock or most of the time, nine Oh two PM. Um, and, uh, until next week, uh, I'm, I'm still deciding which family we should do next week. I, I don't want to jump the gun on that, but hopefully we'll get that out sometime early next week. And, uh, we'll see y'all next time beyond the yard. I'm junkyard James. That is that Dan Quinn loving fan right there. K dog. He's going to love it when they take him to the Super Bowl next year. Um, <laughs> damn right <laughs> and we'll see y'all next week on the beyond the junkyard podcast